the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we are back. The time is 6.07 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. A stimulating topic in the first hour, to say the least. And I really do thank Charleston for stepping in and kind of um, putting a bow on that topic relative to the fact that... uh, Notwithstanding his early days challenges, the grace of God seems to have caused him to land on his feet, and he is now doing the great work of helping young people um, fulfill the task of being entertainers. Let's just put it like this. We do enjoy them when they do great work, when they can take subject matters that are of an earthy human level and deal with the basic troubles and challenges and struggles of life and show us how to persevere and overcome those movies are great. I think you would agree with me. The kind of movies that would uh, motivate us to want to enter into fields of service that call for virtue and charity and wisdom and superior intellect. Those movies are great. One of the actors, therefore, that I have historically really thoroughly enjoyed the kind of choices that he has made with the exception of a few is Denzel Washington. The movies that he has made over the years have been extremely edifying. When you think about the kind of movies he has opted to play in, he had had, he's always had a sort of a, um, a, a Christian uh, framework to his life, too. I think he's a seven day Adventist, but for many, many years until these latter years where he got crazy with this, uh, movie training day and, and it allowed him to move into the kind of vanity and, per, and perverseness of that era. But see, that's what acting does. You can justify being one way when in fact you are another way. So he just went off that way, but he did so many good movies that were encouraging, etc. Let's see here. This is what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to talk with a really good friend of mine online. Number one, Deborah from Castro Valley. Deborah, are you there? Yes, I am. Hi, Deb. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. What a program. This is this is uh interesting and thought provoking. Okay, so tell me before we move into a more expedient topic here about um our upcoming meeting, uh um what about this subject matter would have resonated with you and how would you have contributed if you were calling on that topic? Well, the topic of the program um is a spiritual purse and being prepared for the journey of life. Okay. And that's a spinoff from last month's topic, which was a a backpack to school. I'm sorry, a back-to-school spiritual backpack. Correct. And so if I may, Pastor, I'd like to just encourage the women in your listening audience, the mothers, the grandmothers, the aunts, the sisters, the daughters, to join us at Grace Bible Church on this Saturday, October the 21st at 10 o'clock a.m. for a Daughters of Grace program. And again, the title of the program is A Spiritual Purse. The, um, the uh, spiritual backpack 
was so well received that when the core group came back together again, it was very clear that there was so much more to share and so much more to talk about and for a broader audience than most thought. So what we are prepared to do this Saturday is to speak to all of the women in the house about how so very important it is to uh, be prayerful, mm-hmm. to be careful, mm-hmm. to be thoughtful, and to be joyful. Mm-hmm. Listen, let me ask you a question because I, when I listen to when we put together that particular DOG, and I, we didn't actually quite set it for our audience, kind of went into it. So we have this this ministry called Daughters of Grace, um, and it's and it's a a spinoff from the mandate given to our older mothers and and women of uh, Titus chapter two verses one through five, where the older women are to minister to and educate the younger women in how they are to walk in this world in virtue and in godliness, being women of God in Christ. And so yes. we've been doing this ministry for, for uh, several months now, uh, moving on a year, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely. And, and every, every one of the classes have been phenomenal. This is for our newer people that are online with us now, Deb, because we didn't quite set it. Um, the, the last DOG that we had was maybe, what, a month ago? Was it a month ago or, or three weeks? It was September the 9th okay. last month. So on September the 9th, what I really enjoyed about that particular uh, class, and they're always on Saturdays at 10 o'clock, which is the, our next one is this Saturday, correct? Correct. At 10 o'clock. What I enjoyed thoroughly about that class, as if I was the only one in that class, and I must admit, I had a little bit of an advantage because I was in the meeting with you, but I really appreciated how you all talked about the importance of a parent-child relationship relative to the parents knowing what the children are either exposed to in terms of the challenges at school um, with regards to just where our culture is today. But more specifically, Deb, when we started talking about how the children have been um, exposed to the media through um, Facebook and through uh, their cell phones in this new dialogue that goes on in cell phones and and texting, et cetera, that you share with us relative to what parents ought to be knowing. Do you remember that part? Yes. Because I'm still resonating with that. I'm thinking (laughs) if if I were to ask, if I were to ask the average parent, I don't know if I want to take the show over with that one, but Deb, can you just speak a minute about why we wanted the young people, the young women to have a spiritual backpack that was able to um, protect them from losing their perspective in prayer, losing their perspective in joy, losing their missional objective as believers going to school uh, when, when, when these kind of available resources can be so tempting and alluring and distracting, such as Absolutely. this new technology, uh, this new terminology on the cell phone. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. And and as you so well stated, um, when we were in the planning stages of last month's program, it's hard to see God at school. Yep. Yep. And and so that's where all of this information came from for the particularly from for the young lady who is in middle school or is in high school. Mm-hmm. And 
And the motivation is to be accepted, and the motivation is to feel a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. And while, and that's normal, that has been going on forever. School today, as you well know, Pastor, is so very different in as much as the number of distractions that are occurring and the distractions that are more harmful now than ever before. And as I say that, I'm speaking about um, the use of the cell phone and the cyberbullying that's taking place and what a student is um, asked to do now if they want to um, belong to a clique right. or to a group right. um, and whether or not a parent has sat down with their child and talked about boundaries and talked about what healthy friendships look like and what the purpose of going to school is really, really all about. Mm -hmm. It has always been and it always will be about learning. It will always be about being responsible for whatever grade level you're in and the work that is required of you. And it's important to be um, thoughtful of others. It is important to be respectful of yourself and certainly of your teacher. However, when you are a young mind, and you see the majority of the students doing what is wrong, it is not easy to do the right thing. That's right. That's right. It's far more challenging. And and some of what we talked about at the at the last meeting, if I may, um, one point that, that was brought out is nearly one out of every um, two, let's see, Excuse me, nearly one out of every 10 to 13 year old and 83% of 13 and 18 year olds own a cell phone. Right. The average teen generates anywhere from 50 to 70 text messages a day. 64% of those, Pastor, are texting in class. Wow. They're either sending texts or receiving text messages during the time in which instruction is taking place. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I believe that most parents do, first and foremost, is the best that they know how to do when they're raising their children. And I believe the reason that they support the use of a cell phone is so that they can be connected to their child and so that their child can be connected to them in the event that they're in need of something. Right. But at the same time that they're connected to their child and their child is connected to them, the rest of the world is connected to their child as well. Indeed. And so it is very, very important now more than ever before for parents to be um, very involved in their children's lives, um, particularly those who actually have a cell phone, and and agree that you know each night they're going to the parent is going to take the cell phone and go through it. Yep. If you love them enough to give them the cell phone, love them enough to get their password and their other personal information, so that you can have a sense of what kind of conversations they're engaging in during the course of a day. Deborah, and what yeah. I want to do is take a break because I actually need you to, we, we, we've hit a spot where we need to, everybody's ear is pressed up against the phone. 
I can tell you that now because this is such a critical topic, but we do need to take a break. So I want you to get some breath and be ready to finish that that statement and, and all of the implications that go along with that because this is an elephant in homes and in families and everywhere that 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 parents need to listen to you parents need to listen to this we're going to take a break when we come back we're we're talking with deborah a member of grace bible church deborah jacks and she is part of our daughters of grace ministry which will be having our uh, next class this saturday at 10 o'clock we have a wonderful time the topic is germane don't go anywhere ladies i want you to be able to ask the question and you fathers too Do I have that much care for my children to when once I give them a cell phone, I really do know what they're doing with that cell phone. And I really do know who they're being exposed to on their cell phones. Now, I know you're all believers out there. So stay right there because we're going to talk about it after this break. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we're back to Time 623, your host, Jesse Gistand. Glad you're listening. Ladies, press your ears into the um, into the um, earphone um, because I'm talking with Sister Deborah Jacks. Um, she happens to be a longtime member of Grace Bible Church and... We covered her knowledge and wisdom. She is uh, both a mother um, and uh, a grandmother, as well as an educator, uh, an administrator, as well. So she has her um, her hands in these matters of of youth and education on, on many levels. We are talking about cell phones and how that cell phones are a blessing. And they are a real burden. And there are things you just need to know. Now, this is to facilitate what we're going to be talking about this Saturday. And we want y'all all to come out. If you can make it out, those of you who are aware of the Daughters of Grace Ministry at Grace, a time when our sisters bless each other through the knowledge of the scriptures and the wisdom that we acquire from our walking with God. It's just a great time of sisterhood. We want you guys out on Saturday at 10 o'clock. If you can make it, bring your daughters, bring your sisters, bring your nieces, whoever you look around and think about who can be blessed by um, the topic this Saturday and just be there to support. Now, Deb, I do want to hear the rest of what you um, were stating because it's so important for us to know. So what I would what I would um, continue with, Pastor, is asking the question question to the listening audience, which was asked of those who were present at the last uh, presentation: Is does your team have access to their phone at night? Right. And if the answer to that is yes, then a suggestion might be to make it a family rule that cell phones are collected and charged in the adults' bedrooms in the homes, the parents' bedrooms, and that uh, in that case everyone will sleep better and you'll hear incoming messages during the night. Excellent. And the reason why that's important is that you want to know who's calling your child after what you would consider to be an unreasonable period of time or an unreasonable time of the evening if they were uh, alone in their room with their cell phone. Agreed. Um, the, other, the other item that is as equally as important, if not more so, is the Internet. And this is information that was given out uh, at last session by way of a handout, and I'm sure it can be made available um, this Saturday as well. And that is um, 63% of, of teens 
um, go online every day. Ninety-three percent of them, ages 12 to 17, are, are online. Yeah. And so one may think, a parent may think, oh, our computer has a filter and a blocking mechanism to prevent my teen from accessing any uh, pornographic uh, websites. But the truth is only one out of two parents um, use that mechanism or that filtering software, Pastor. Right, right. Or another thought is, my teen only uses the Internet for homework assignments. Well, um, 9 and 10 kids ages 8 to 16 have viewed porn online, mostly accidentally while doing homework. There are pop-ups that occur. Sure. And that's where the beginning of the diversion takes place. Correct. Um, one out of five teens who regularly use the Internet have received a sexual solicitation. Yep. So um, some suggestions that we gave out at the last DOG meeting was don't allow your teen to have their computer in their bedroom. Mm. And this includes handheld Mm -hmm. electronics. Mm -hmm. Set limits on when and for how long your teen can be online. Set up your computer in an area of your home, perhaps where it is easy to monitor the use. And then parents, you can research where your teen has been going online to view their history and their favorites, even if the teen has been clever enough to try to clear it or erase it. Right. And so one of the one of the areas that we talked about at the last session was some of the suspicious language that we we see on the on the internet and on cell phones when we do as parents um, take our child's phone and review their day of activity. Now this and, is gonna this is gonna. Deb, this is going to be the area in which once I let you go, mm-hmm. I am going to be vetting our, our our listening audience to see if anyone, any lady out there, any man out there um, is aware of what you're about to talk about now. Because I am almost sure that the vast majority of people, parents who are sort of um, assuming that their child um, can handle the freedom and privilege and responsibility of a cell phone and a computer without their oversight. I am almost certain that the vast majority of people that are listening will not be aware of what you're about to say. Okay. So just go ahead on. I was, I was, it was alarming to me to find this information and um, it is as follows. So suspicious internet language when you are going through your child's cell phone or through their computer, if you should see um, this cryptic language, um, one is, for example, P as in Paul, O, S as in Sam, Mm -hmm. P-O-S. They're saying to the person that they're texting to that there's a parent over shoulder. Mm -hmm. Or P-I-R, P as in Paul, I-R as in Randolph, parent in the room. Mm Mm-hmm. They're alerting the person that they're talking to. Right. Um, P911, parent alert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. P as in Paul, A-W as in water, parents are watching. Mm. P as in Paul, A as in apple, L as in Larry, parents are listening. Mm-hmm. K as in kite, P as in Paul, C as in church, keeping Parents clueless. <laughs> w as in uh, winter. Y as in year. 
C as in Christmas, M as in Mother, will you call me? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. A as in Apple, S as in Sam, L as in Larry, what is your age, sex, and location? ASL, ladies and gentlemen, ASL. ASL. Now, now, now that's serious. What is your age, sex, and location? Absolutely. And the way that I receive that, Pastor, is that this child has been in communication with someone for a length of time to the point where it's graduating and they are becoming increasingly interested and want to know the age, the sex, and where you are located in the Bay Area. Yeah. And then the next one is M as in mother, O as in organ, R as in Randolph, F as in Frank. Are you male or female? M O R F. And then K as in kite, F as in Frank, Y as in year. This is a kiss for you. Kiss for you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then this is the one that, that just really, really touched my heart. L as in Larry, M as in mother, I as in um, I. R as in Randolph, L as in uh, love, L-M-I-R-L. Yeah. Let's meet in real life. Hmm. Hmm. So this has graduated to a level where whoever this child has been interacting with, they're getting ready to set up a time and a place to meet. Yep. And very easily it could be a predator. Sure. Sure. In fact... The thing that I would say that I shared with you guys when we were sitting around working on the next um, meeting for our young young women and ladies and gentlemen out there that are listening to our program, if you are already feeling the hair raise up on your arms, it ought to. Because I do want to ask you once I let Deb go and we take a break, I do want to ask you, did any of you know anything about these codes, these terms, these cryptic uh, letters that imply a message that not only is invasive, but... But uh, it's it's highly uh, sexually oriented. But here's the biggest one that was appalling to me, Deb, was how that the system that they are operating in a form of communication is designed to be a firewall against the parents. Well, you know, children want to be grown. They want a sense of autonomy. They, right. You know, parents don't know it all. Uh, my parents wouldn't understand. Exactly. This has a lot to do with what we talk about at Daughters of Grace, and that is creating relationships Absolutely. with your children. Absolutely. So that your children will be... Um, they will be uh, transparent with you. Mm-hmm. They will not look at you as a perceived enemy or someone who wouldn't understand, right. but someone who that they can go to and ask, how do I handle this? How do I respond to this? What if they're a victim of cyberbullying, yep. which is incredibly uh, uh, popular today? Yeah. And yeah. parents need to understand that if their child is a victim of, of being bullied, then the parent is is going to take on some um, uh, consequences that could have legal ramifications uh, for the child that is the victim. Yes, yes. Listen, I've got to take a break. I could listen to you all day long, my dear sister, particularly when we're talking about things that matter to um, our sons and daughters. This is an act of obedience, um, and I'm, I'm sure you would agree, on our part to our Savior's call to 
uh, make sure that our downline knows that there is a God and a Savior whose love and purpose for them requires that there be that healthy interaction between the parents and the children and those who um, have gone ahead of them and know better so that we can help them avoid the massive pitfalls that occur in our culture. And I am so thankful that you called in to let us know about this Saturday's um, uh, program for Daughters of Grace, Deb. I'm looking forward to it, as I always do, and I'm going to be definitely allowing um, some of our callers to, to chime in. I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to see if there's one or two of my sisters out there that knew what you were talking about. In, in closing, then, I want to just say thank you for the call, and you have a great day, and I'll see you in a few days, Deb. And you as well, Pastor. Thank you. All right, blessings. I'm going to take a break. I've got two lines open, one 367 two lines open. I would love to know if any of you sisters out there, are you men? knew anything about these cryptic codes and their implications in our children's lives who are building a whole kind of dialogue that keeps us out. And why would that be the case? one 367 And of course, I want to see you this Saturday as we will have a room full of sisters of all ages down to teens. They, they can be as young as eight years old um, because they're needing to learn, too. And they sh- they would benefit from seeing older women, teenagers, young adults, middle aged adults and our seniors worshiping together and learning how to serve the true and the living God in prudence and in discretion. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'm going to take a break. The number is one 367 5329 Three six seven five three two nine. I want to know. Do you know what we were just talking about? I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. We've got um, maybe another segment to go. I really was um, blessed by Deb's uh, commentary on what we talked about in our last DOG, as well as uh, what's coming up this Saturday. And again, the the line is open. Haven't got any calls on the topic. Have you ever heard of the POS, the PII, the P911, the PW, or things like the KFY or the MIKL? Um, 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 R or the M O R or the A S L. I'd like to know one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let's talk with Sally and Marin. Sally, are you there? Yes, and absolutely not. I think I only know about the kindergarten of texting. <laughs> but okay, so Sally, but you've been way out of that kind of close relationship with young people for a minute, haven't you? Well. Uh, you know, uh, over over my adult life, I realized that God wanted me to be in touch with teenagers. I think I have a teenage mentality. I think you do. And and I was talking to a young woman, a uh, late teen, who has been in foster care all her life. And I've never realized until about the last 10 years what those kids go through. And it's Absolutely. probably worse now than it was. I agree. Uh, so if, if your, your group of women is touching the lives of, of kids who are in, women who are in foster care, God bless you, because they, she says she has never had a supportive family, that she gets fed and she gets clothed and she gets to school and that's it. 
You know what? I agree. I know that that's the case. Um, first and foremost, yes, in our group, there I'm, I'm thinking vividly of certain foster care kids right now, Sally, that I know that are part of our Daughters of Grace ministry, and they're vocal, and I love it, too, um, because they're teenagers now, and I'm thinking of one young lady who is very vocal, but you are absolutely right. The, the foster care system is extremely volatile today, and a lot of it is just, you know, getting the money, feeding the kids, and not really doing anything to nurture them and prepare them for for adulthood, and, and that is in itself an absolute tragedy. So our conversation yesterday, okay. and I say to people, if you, can, if you can just be friendly to a teenager, you never know what you're going to talk about. Agreed. Uh, she uh, has a very in- convoluted, I'll say this, convoluted philosophy. Okay. Uh, she has read the Koran. Right. Quote unquote. I don't know how much, but she has she has read the Koran, and so that's where she's coming from. And for some reason, the Lord said, "Ask her if she knows anything about Abraham." And she said, "Yes, she did." Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, "Where do you think he came from? What country did she came from?" And she kind of hesitated, and she said, "Israel." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Babylon." <laughs> And she looked at me, and so we got out a Bible, and I marked it. Uh, I really didn't have time to go any further, but I marked it in Hebrews 11, where right. it talks about Abraham. Sure. And and I just, you know, I don't know whether God will fill the hole and get her back to reading about Abraham, but, you know, it's really exciting. I mean... You know, it's maybe not important to you, but it was really interesting that we had this conversation. So please, people, talk to teenagers. You don't have to be, make a big speech. All you have to do is say hi and be friendly. You know what, Sally, and I'm going to let you go after this. Um, what you have just stated is extremely important to me as a pastor um, and then also as a father um, because I do still have teenage daughters one, um, but uh, I deal with a lot of young people, and I know this was impactful for me growing up, and that was this. The thing that kept me from going off the deep end, and I did get in some trouble, but the thing that kept me going from going off the deep end, Sally, was older people who spoke into my life, older people who just took a minute to speak into my life. They didn't have to talk long because young people don't really need you to say a whole lot, but they do need you to know that they are not invisible. They do need uh, to hear from you in terms of them being valuable and significant, um, being created in the Imago Dei. And then also they they will receive from us, Sally, a word of wisdom any time we want to share it with them. And even if it comes through the most obtuse and uh, uh, sort of obscure way as a question about Abraham. I hope this young lady finds herself hitching a ride by the Spirit of God through the total life of Abraham. That excursion from uh, Ur of the Chaldees, which starts in Genesis chapter 11, 
It makes its way all the way to Palestine and then has by design made its impact to us Gentiles, which that's what Abraham was through the Lord Jesus Christ. His son is a marvelous person to study for anyone who wants to call themselves a pursuer of God. So we're going to certainly pray to that end for her. Thank you. Bless Amen. you, my sister. Bless you. Bless you. Right. I've, I've got to take a break. Uh, when I come back, I'll talk to Anthony and Joel, and we'll close out this program. Got one line open, one 888 I did want to know if any of you guys knew about the text, but that's okay. For my sisters that are out there, if you can make it this Saturday, please take the time out from just 10 to 12. We do have lunch we will have times of discussion, dialogue, Q&A, et cetera, but we, we really do want to see you out with us on this Saturday. If you can make it uh, at, at Grace Bible Church in Hayward, it's the Daughters of Grace meeting. The women will be gathering together and talking about how to prepare their spiritual purse, as they would put it, relative to what's needed for them to be able to tackle life uh, in this world as a young woman, as a middle-aged woman, as an older woman. And just gathering together to be able to do that as a bunch of women is just a wonderful thing. So hopefully you can make it. I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we are back. One line open, one 888 Three six seven five three two nine. Love to hear from you. Let me talk with Anthony in Berkeley on line one. Anthony, what's your question, comment, or observation, sir? Oh, my comment, Pastor. First of all, the young, the young lady um, um, from the Daughters of Grace. Sure. Um, I just commend her. Amen. I commend her for the for the works that she's doing. But my quick um, comment would be um, pertaining to the cell phones. If parents would actually groom their child about a cell phone before they even get them one. Right. It would have them somewhat prepared so that when you get them one, you don't have to understand getting them one so you can have that connection these days that's necessary. Right. But they come out the gate getting them these phones with all these apps, access to YouTube, Instagram, everything else from the beginning. Yeah. So I think if they, whatever happened to while they young, the flip phones, until they show themselves responsible and grow into, you know, getting something with a little bit more so to help them out with their homework or whatever. I agree with um, you. I agree with you. I think they should start very limited in terms of their, their application. And then as the children demonstrate responsibility, expand the application to their needs. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. You got anything else, my brother, before I let you go? No, that was just basically it. I was just moved by the whole program today. It's wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Now, let me just ask you, just while because you, you made that valiant effort to call in, um, did you know anything about these 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 cryptic codes like POSs and, and, and PWs and P911s, how slick they are in being able to let people know that I can't I can't be as overt and, and expressive because my mama's in the room or my daddy's in the room. Did you know anything about any of that? I did not have a clue. See, so now... Nothing. (laughs) So even you learned something today. (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) Listen, thanks for the call, my dear brother. Bless you, man. You got it. Let me go to line number uh, four and talk with Joel in San Francisco. How you doing, boy? 
Doing good, Pastor. Doing good. It's a very good subject you're on right now. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, listen, um, we're actually doing ministry and, and just getting into the nitty gritty of it from the beginning of the program, even up to where you and I are now. And I'm so glad that you called in because um, we need to now talk about how to help people who fall off the wagon. <clears throat> Sister Deb helped us understand the importance of the upline being uh, healthy and and vital in relationship to the downline. That's why God tells the older men to minister to the younger men, the older women to minister to the younger women. That's the only way we, we set them aright. But when they fall off the wagon, this is where our discussion comes in. When they end up depressed, when they end up suicidal, when they end up on drugs, when they end up on the streets, when they end up cut off from their parents because of a thousand different things, then they are at the brink of wanting to take their life take their life and that's an epidemic in america as well that's a dirty secret as well that our children and sally had said it so well in a a couple minutes ago joel that even in our foster care systems they're simply housing these kids like animals to get that paycheck and the and the kids are not the better for it and so often as soon as they're old enough they just take a run for it they make a break for it and they're out there in the streets we have a massive low Lord of the Rings society out there, proverbially speaking, of young people who do not have uh, the oversight and government of of, uh, of a healthy upline, and thus you end up getting the calls, don't you? Yes, we do. And one of the things that I notice that I see a lot at the uh, bus stops and I see young youth that are sitting there and they, they have this sad look on their face. And one of the things that the, our callers and all our brethren out there need to know that the enemy tried to steal their joy before they even find it yeah. with the Lord. He yeah. tried to steal that from them. He fills them up with dark thoughts of all this different stuff. And I just wanted to give you a, a progress report that uh, prayer and suicide prevention line is is running strong, and the Lord is uh, punching the enemy down every day. And we get these calls from young people that are calling in, and they're they're broken and they're hurting, and that's because... You know, the world has uh, not brought them up right. The parents are doing the best they can. But, you know, once they leave and go to school, right. the, the influence at the school, that's why we have to pray, Lord, hedge up our kids when yep. they're not around our our older people and, you know, and our, our parents. Because I have two young kids that are teenagers, yeah, and I'm a meat cutter, and they are, they're like a little apprentices for me. And I, I fill them with wisdom as, as much as I can mm-hmm. because I know mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. need it. I yes, know I that do. they need a... Uh, somebody to help them through life. You have to come down to their level. Yes, and you do. Start talking. To yes, them. you do. I agree with you on every point that you stated. First, I agree with you that um, that young people often are are finding themselves in the streets because of so many different things. The yes. pressures of school, as Deborah had stated, the pressures of school uh, alienates them from their home front. Uh, sometimes the parents are just working too much, so we're not bashing parents. Parents can just be overwhelmed by so many different things. I also believe that, Joe, that parents a lot of times have not had the opportunity for themselves to grow up. This is one of the other reasons we do yes. the Daughters of Grace is 
is to help the older women grow up because the hardest thing about being grown is growing up. I've been saying that for a while, but it's true. And so sometimes it's parents who are also adolescents raising children who become teens and they just don't they don't know how to navigate those waters and the kids get away from them. And uh, and the solution is that we care, like Sally said, just talk to them. So I'm even going to be more conscious of what you just stated, Joel, that when I run across a young person. And if I see that content is sad, you know, I know how to get into young people's uh, conversation. I just have that gift. I'm definitely going to be more assertive in uh, helping them have a bright day that day just because it's the right thing to do. You know what I'm saying? Yes, it is the right thing to do. And if, if we don't tell them about our Lord Jesus, our King, then who who will? And Agreed. I just wanted to mention that uh, you told me to give you a progress report. Yes, and, sir. Uh, prayer and suicide prevention line. One eight six six to Jesus has two new members. We're still getting them acclimated to uh, how everything works and how the, how we're uh, getting out there and and, and working for the Lord because that's what it's all about. In Matthew twenty six forty and forty one, mm-hmm. the Lord told the disciples, "Don't don't be falling asleep on me now. That's I'm right. Go pray. That's right. And I need you. To, I need you to stay awake and that's cover right. me. That's right. And that that's what we need to do. Uh, indeed. Stay awake and pray. One eight eight six to Jesus. One eight six six to Jesus. One eight six six to Jesus. And that's what's the name of it again? Prayer and Suicide Prevention Line. And we're on Google, and we're the number one ad on the first page. So you guys, you guys got it. It's Prayer and Suicide Prevention Line. Prayer and Suicide Prevention Line. What we're asking for that ministry is that there would be people who would be willing to take out time and serve. Uh, yeah. You have a cell phone. You can call them, like uh, like Brother Joel says. You can Google them, Prayer and Suicide Prevention Line. You can get a hold of them, one eight six six to Jesus, uh, and you will uh, be told exactly what to do. We're going to keep praying that more and more people get involved, Joel, because it just needs to be done, as we had stated before. If somehow we can be used in these areas to call someone either back to Christ or call them to Christ initially by sharing the gospel of the grace of God in Christ with a desperately needy sinner, uh, and they come to know his saving mercy, then all the heavens rejoice, and we rejoice as well. And uh, and and it will have been a good work worthy to be done. So I'm I'm thankful, man, that you have given us a call and let us know once again that we've been able to we've been able to pick up a few more people. But I do want more to call and get yeah. involved. I, I mean, if we can just have an army of people who spend a few hours a day, we can do this around the clock and uh, and we can get some work done. Since all we have to do is hold the telephone, we don't have to go out in the streets. Just hold the telephone. Hold the telephone. Yeah. And the Lord has set it up. For for uh, for us for his ministry for us to just have somebody come aboard, and you can make those calls from your house and say, "Are are you doing all right? I'm just calling from the ministry. I just want to check in. Yep. Do you need my brothers to, to to get back with you? We're going to do a a conference call with a sister in a little while that is hearing voices and cutting herself. Yep. So yep. how yep. vital is this? It's That's, vital. It's very vital. And you know what we're going to do tomorrow night, the Lord willing. You know what we're going to do. Thank you. Thank we're getting you so together much. with 6070 Saints, and we're going to get at it, brother. Bless you. And uh, we're done for today. Until next time, keep your eyes on Christ. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Media Group. All rights reserved. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.